Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. now do come to the time in our service in which we can continue to hang on every word of, of God and, and we stay standing as a, as a way of doing that, of posturing ourselves that, that the word of God matters to us. And so our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 24 and as the scripture is read I invite you to hang on every word and let the spirit move in our hearts and in our lives. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you is darkness how great is the darkness no one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other you cannot serve god and money this is the word of god for the people of god thanks be to god amen amen you all may be seated let us pray And so, Lord, we do just pray that we would hang on on your word and that your spirit would just fall among us and that we would just know your truth and and we would have the courage to follow you. Um, So, Lord, penetrate our hearts and our lives today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, as you may have guessed it by now, today we are going to be talking about everybody's favorite subject in church, money. Um, I, I, I want you to know if you're our guest today, we don't we don't normally talk about money. I think it is important to, to talk about because Jesus talks about it, um, and I think it's important in our world today. But um, as we're in this generosity series, uh, and we've talked about being generous with our time and with our attention and um, with our thoughts, we do think it is important to talk about being generous with our money. And um, let's, we're all going to be a little uncomfortable, and I'm going to be a little uncomfortable as well, all right? Um, and, and it really is sort of amazing um, how uncomfortable we are talking about this subject. In fact, um, personal finances is the most uncomfortable thing for us to talk about. Um, 44% of the people say they are uncomfortable talking about it. That is more than people are comfortable talking about politics or death or, or anything else. We, are, we would rather talk about death than money, all right? Um, and that is where we are. But here's what I believe is that if we don't talk about it, especially from, from a godly perspective, then we can't grow on it, grow in it. We, we can't just ignore it and expect it to get better. And, and, and really, the, the problem of money and what's happened because of the love of money um, in our world is really damaging, and so it's so critical for us to talk about it. So either we can talk about it from a biblical perspective and what God and Jesus says about money, or we can ignore it and suffer the consequences. Now, there's this great scripture, it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10, and this is what it says. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Not money is the root of all evil, the love of money 
is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving, and that's an interesting word for the love of money, craving, that some have wandered away from the faith and perceived themselves with many pangs, all right? And so this is what happens, is that, is that as a society, and it's not just now, but 2,000 years ago, it's a human thing, is that this love of money has taken over us. Now, um, as I was talking with the staff earlier this week about this sermon, um, they said, Aaron, um, we're going to need to lighten it up a little bit, because this can be a little intense. And so we have a plan, all right? And so when, when uh, Reuben's here, and Reuben's here, he's going to be your advocate and help you out. Because when Reuben decides that he's been a little too much, he's going to make this sound. And when that sound is made, that means I have to tell you a joke or show you something, okay? So is that a good deal? So when we hear this sound... There we go. Um, then, then we can do that. I think we have something here on the, the screen here. Um, the only exercise I've done this month is running out of money. Um, maybe some of us have, have been there. All right. Now, now, here's what I believe, all right, is that the love of money gives us perceived power but ultimately produces slavery, all right? Is that, is that the more money I make and the more I get, the more I may feel like I have power but ultimately, it's more like this hamster wheel that the faster I go, I'm still going nowhere. It produces slaves. Um, I, I mentioned earlier there were some, uh, in the first service, they didn't get it. The, the theologians, uh, Puff Daddy and, and the notorious B.I.G., they came across and they said, uh, the more money you come across, the more problems you see, all right? Um, <laughs> This is exactly what they were talking about. Mo money, mo problems. It, it produces slaves because you always want more and more and more and more. And there's never enough and there's always something more. And so what happens is it compels us to be slaves. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Now here's the thing is that generosity, it gives us true perspective and it produces freedom. All right? It's when we become generous people, we begin to see the world from God's perspective, not from our limited perspective, but we begin to see out of our own situation, all right? And it produces freedom, freedom for how we can live in God's world with God's way. And so this is what we want for you, all right? In fact, let me say it this way, because I want to be real clear. While I am going to talk about why I think it's important to give to the church, handling money God's way is not what we want from you, but it's what we want for you, all right? This is not so that the church can be rich because I don't anticipate that, and that's not the business I'm in. My business is not to make a lot of money or make a lot of money for the church. My business is to help you, all right? And this is what we want, is that if you can find freedom with money, if we can help people see money from God's perspective, that's the life that we want for you. Because right now, We've let the world control how we see and how what we do with our money, and it does not work out for us, all right? Um, so let's just kind of look at some of the things that, that the current money situation in America. The first is we think, oh, if I just win the lottery, um, everything will be good, all right? One-third of lotto winners declare bankruptcy, all right? So just winning money does not mean that, that life is going to, to be good. In fact, it actually, you are more likely to go bankrupt right now not winning the lottery than you are if you win the lottery. And so just having more money does not equal a better life. In fact, it does equal more problems. Now, so many of us in our, in our daily lives, uh, we struggle with it. In fact, 80% of Americans basically live paycheck to paycheck. 
80% of us, all right, live paycheck to paycheck, that if we, if we lost our job or if some great change in our income happened, that we would all of a sudden be frantic in our life. Do you, know what, do you know what they call it where you have to work in order to survive and you don't have a choice? That's called slavery, and that's where we are, is that we have, we have created a system in which we have enslaved ourselves because we forced ourselves to work, 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 and never get out of it. Now, this continues also with, um, with parents, with kids. 80% of parents um, who have kids in the home have credit card debt. And so if that's you today, then, then that's normal, but I don't know if that's the normal that God wants for us, all right? And that there's so many, so many people that, that are drowning in credit card debt, all right? And, and, and they're paying that um, 15% APR, or whatever the case may be, 20%, or whatever it is that, that you're paying, all right? Because they know how to make money off of you, and how much money has gone to the credit card companies instead of the places that really matter. And so we struggle in that way as well. So many of us have credit card debt. Now, as we continue, oh, okay. Speaking of of credit cards, I have a good joke for credit cards. Um, I had my credit card stolen the other day, but I didn't bother to report it because the thief spends more than, spends less than my wife. All right. All right. Uh, now, uh, uh, continuing on, this is a, a cycle that we live in. It's a, it's a culture that we live in. My wife's not here, so it's uh, kind of worked out. Um, and uh, uh, hope, we hope she doesn't listen to the podcast, right? Um, so here's what happens in our society is that when kids go to college, um, when they graduate from college, the average student graduates with $30,000 in student loan debt. Um, yay. Um, because what we've done here is a lot of things. One is we've set up people to fail, in which they're already slaves when they enter into the workforce. And two, we've created that debt is normal um, for, for, for people. And, um, and again, I don't, I don't know your stories. Here's the other thing, is I don't, know, I don't know your individual stories, so I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. If it hits you, that's God's and yours business, not mine, okay? All right, I didn't look at your bank statements before I came and said, oh, I'm gonna get you, all right? I'm just talking about these sort of trends, but, but there's so many of us that, that have, have suffered with student loan debts, all right, and we live in this culture in which this is normalized, all right, that being in debt is normal, and so we create slaves the moment they graduate from college. And I don't really know what to do about that, but it is the world that we have done. And so what happens with this is that it causes all sorts of consequences and ramifications. And part of that is, in with, with marriages and families, 21% of divorces end because of money-related issues. And so what happens is, is that this um, creates so many fights and disagreements and, and, and misunderstanding and misalignment of values, or maybe you don't even talk about it, and there are just struggles that we have, and so it is literally destroying families as well. And so this becomes what happens. Now, I, I, you may have heard that the Super Bowl is next week, um, and the 49ers are playing in it. And one of the big things that, that happens in the Super Bowl, some of you won't watch it to, to watch what Raheem Mostert does against the Chiefs defense. Some of you are going to watch it for those commercials, right? You want to know how much 30 seconds of your time cost? $5.6 million for 30 seconds of your time. $5.6 million for 30 seconds of your time during the Super Bowl. Advertisements is really sort of about this love of money and what money can do. 
advertising get you? There was a show called Mad Men um, that, that talked about advertising, and, and the guy by the name of Don Draper, who was the main character, this is what he says. He says, advertising is based on one thing, happiness. And what is happiness? It's a moment before you need more happiness. Now, we've been there, haven't we? Like you, uh, It's not enough to, to have a, an iPhone 8 because the 10's going to come out. And then the, the, or sorry, X, the iPhone X is going to come out. And then the iPhone 11 is going to come out. And guess what's going to happen? The iPhone 12 is going to come out. And do you know what they're going to tell you? Is that you need the new iPhone. Is that yes, you may have been happy for a moment with this iPhone, but it's not going to continue to be happy. It's not going to continue. And ultimately what it does is, is it produces an addiction. We have become addicted to spending money. We have been addicted to trying to buy our own Happiness. Let me kind of tell you um, this sort of cycle that happens because this is kind of the addiction cycle is that there is a desire that you have. And so what happens is, is, is that you have a, a, a desire is that I want those new pair of shoes or I, I want those. So Reuben, I, I, I was earlier uh, between services, I get feedback on my sermon from some time. And so um, during the, the sermon um, or between services, um, it was pointed out to me that somebody on the stage... Might need, might need a specific sermon illustration by his wife. So if, if, say, you have a desire to buy something from Amazon, just by chance, then, then what happens is, is that, that what you do is you buy it, right? Because it's going to be here in a day or two, right? And, and, and so you do that behavior. You purchase something, and then what happens is you feel better for a little bit. But then what happens is you need more happiness. You have a moment, more happiness, and so you're anxious. And so what happens is anxiety produces another desire, and so you buy something else from Amazon, or you buy something else from somewhere else, and this becomes your pattern of behavior again and again and again. And it's a cycle because you always need more happiness, and there never is enough. And it repeats, and it repeats, and it repeats. And this is our life. Oh, okay. Um, I think we have another one that we can put up on the screen. Um, I'm having an out-of-money experience. Um, any of you ever uh, been there to have an, an out-of-money experience? Now, now here's what we, we see in our scripture is that Jesus makes a, kind of a, a contrast between earth and heaven. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But instead, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven that cannot be destroyed, that cannot be stolen. And he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know, I was thinking about, about this, how often the things that we treasure one day, we don't treasure in the same way in the future. What did you get five years ago for Christmas? I know you may, probably were excited to get it, but what did you get? What did you get 10 years ago for Christmas? How much money did we spend on these things that were good things, but, but that may not have been the godly things and that we just sort of pass on? Our houses and times ran over by toys that made our kids happy for a moment, but not really happy, right? I remember thinking when I was a teenager, what I treasured the most was my card collection. I collected football and basketball cards. And so I remember one day when we were living in Owasso, there was a, uh, the tornadoes were coming, and so what did I do but fill my pockets with all the valuable football cards and basketball cards that I had, because that's what I treasured. And now that I'm here 20 years later, you know what those cards are doing? They're sitting in boxes in the attic, hopefully not being destroyed by moth and rust up there. 
and those things that at one point in time I valued so great that of all the things that could be destroyed in my house, I didn't want that to happen. Now they just get passed from home to home. I saw this, this quote, and I, it really rang with me. Look at all this stuff that used to be money and all this money that used to be time. I mean, think about it. Again, as I drive around Mustang particularly, I see all these three-car garages. Why? Because we have so much stuff. Think about all the storage unit places that are being constantly built to store more and more stuff that used to be your money and that used to be your time. This is our world that we have. Now, as we continue, I think that as we think about our money and our time, we, we have to think about how we value the wrong things. Because it, it really is, we, there's this way of, of earth that pulls us more and more into greed. And, and that's what I think Jesus was talking about when he says, don't lay up for yourselves treasures on earth because it, it pulls us into the cycle of greed. And, and he talked about the eye being the lamp of the body. There's a darkness that's part of that as well. Oh, I like this one, Reuben. This is a good one. Always borrow money from a pessimist. He won't expect it back. <laughs> so I think many of us, we're, we're guilty of, of, of the sin of handling money the wrong way, that, that we have been guilty of loving money more than we love God and putting our trust in money instead of our trust in God. And, and we want to do things differently, but ultimately we're living these lives of sin and darkness. And so what I think some of us here in the room need to do is that we have to confess. Now, I'm not going to invite you forward and confess in front of everybody, um, but, but I think that in our hearts and when we have time, that we need to say, God, you know what? I haven't spent money the way that you have desired me to. I haven't lived the life that you've wanted me to, and that we need to confess and ask God to forgive us. It's that serious, all right? And then seek repentance in which we turn away and we say, God, I've tried living my way, and it's caused all sorts of anxiety and worry, and I want to live your way Instead, And so we have, we have followed the path of money to the ground instead of following the path of Jesus to the heavens. Now, this is a good one for Mustang, particularly. Um, my, my son wants to be something really scary this year for Halloween. So instead of a costume, he is going to carry a school fundraising packet to every door. Now, I, I think, um, again, all this sort of the way that we spend our money, it causes anxiety. I didn't continue reading the scripture, but if you, if you read on in Matthew 6, 25, what it says is, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And so we can choose to live one of two ways. If we continue to live the way that we by and large live, we're going to live a way of anxiety. That's why you're so uncomfortable, all right, is because we live this path of anxiety. But if we live God's way, God, Jesus says, you don't have to be anxious. I take care of the lilies of the field. I take care of the birds of the air. I'm going to take care of you if you will live faithfully. And so we have to begin by examining ourselves, and we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we really treasure? And so how do, you, how do we know what we treasure? Now, one of the things that, that we, one of the ways in which we know what we treasure is what do we spend our time doing, all right? Especially our free time. And some of you are like, I don't have any of that, all right? Um, but, but what do we spend our time doing? I, can, I know there are many of you that treasure this place because you spend your time here and you're invested here. Um, but, but do you spend your time watching Netflix? Do you, do you spend your, your, your time just um, 
doing all sorts of things. If I was to look at your life, I could tell what you valued by what you spent your time on. I think also what, what we treasure is, is what gets our emotions going, what gets us more fired up than we expected to be, right? And every once in a while, something will happen, and, and I realized it hit a nerve because it's something I treasure. So sometimes it's our emotions that will do it. Now, the next thing that we, that we have to, to treasure, I think, oh, um, I think I've got another one of these on the screen. Oh, yes, money talks, but all mine ever says is goodbye. All right. All right. Um, so then, how else do we know what we treasure? It's, it's what we think about. It's our thoughts. All right? Um, and so especially, um, what do you think about when you have nothing to think about? Um, what are, where, does, where do your thoughts go when, when you have that free moment to go? Because that often will communicate what you treasure. But also, it's, it's how we spend our money. I've heard multiple pastors say before to, to various congregations, if you show me your checkbook, I'll show you what you value. If you show me um, your last year of, of state, your last month of, of expenses, I'll show you what it is that is really important to you. And so one of the things that, that we want to, to do today is, and practically, how do we go about living life God's way, is, is that we really have to sort of, the first thing I'm going to use, and this is a real money word, is to audit our expenses, is to look at how we have actually spent money and what we've actually done with it. And I think that now is the perfect time to do it um, because we're sort of, we can look back at the year as a whole and we can look back at 2019 and say, God, how did I do? Um, one of the real easy ways, and, and I want to challenge you to, to do this as a, as a family, is I want you to, to take your, your W-2 that you're going to get from your work, and I want you to take your giving statements, your giving statement you got from here, other places in which you donated money, and I want you to look at those and say, do those match up to the way that God wants us to live? Are we being faithful with the resources and with the income God has given, and are we being generous with it? All right, and if you find that even the thought of that very uncomfortable, then I think God is challenging your heart today, all right? And I want you to have that conversation because how we give our money shows what we value as well, all right? So look at what you spend money on. I know for, for my wife and I, uh, and we've done better with finances sometimes. We do worse with finances sometimes. It's kind of up and down, but, but as we do it, I know that when we get in trouble, it's because we go out to eat too much, now, I don't know, I'm talking about me, all right? I'm not talking about you all, but when I said that, and it happened in the earlier service, all right, is that spouses looked at one another, all right? So, um, so it's amazing. We spend more at restaurants than we do at grocery stores as a country. Um, so that, that, that thing finally happened um, this past year. Um, it's amazing how much money that, that we can spend going out to eat, all right? And so we want to audit what we are, are doing. We're looking at it. And when we look at it and I pay attention, then we're able to do a lot better in that way. But we all have places in which we feel guilt about because we know we're not doing what God wants us to do, all right? And so, um, and so maybe it is the Amazon boxes. Maybe it's the shoes. Um, uh, maybe it's Wild Hero. Some of us spend so much money on coffee each month. And if people knew what we spent on coffee, we'd be so embarrassed. All right? Whatever it is for you, we need to look at it and pay attention to what we are doing with our money. Okay. That was, that was kind of intense. So yeah, okay. All right, here we go. Um, 
A teenager lost a contact lens while playing basketball in his driveway. After a brief, fruitless search, he gave up. His mother took up the cause and within minutes found the lens. How true is this story, right? How did you do that, he asked. We weren't looking for the same thing, she explained. You were looking for a small piece of plastic. I was looking for $150. (laughs) Now, okay, so if we audit and we look back and we see, is this really lined up? Would I be willing to show what I've given and how I've spent my money with, with close friends? Or would I be so embarrassed to do that? All right? The next step is to understand investment. Now, I'm not talking about investing um, in, in the stock market or investing in the bank, though there are wise ways to invest. I want us to see every dollar that we spend as an investment. All right? I'm not just spending money. I'm not just throwing money away. When, I, when I'm using money, I am choosing to invest because every decision Every financial decision is a spiritual decision, all right? And I'm choosing value when I spend it, all right? And so here's the deal. I don't want you to leave here and think, gosh, I'm never going to spend money again so that I don't feel guilty in the next time we preach about money. That's not what God wants for you. He wants freedom, all right? And so what, what I want you to understand is that there are things that are worth investing in and there are things that are not. Because there are sometimes um, we go out to eat just because we're, we, don't, we just want the convenience of not having to deal with stuff. And so that's really not a holy motive. But if I want to go out to eat and I want to spend quality time with our family and enjoy a meal that we don't have to make and we can just be together, that's an investment in the family and that's a holy thing. All right? It's not a bad thing to to go on a vacation and and have this family trip in which you enjoy time together. That's an investment in your family. That's a holy thing. But we all know that there are things in which we just sort of throw money away. And what God wants for us is to invest in the things that really matter. And so that's why every financial decision I understand is a spiritual decision. That I can either give here, I can spend here, I can help that person there. Whatever it is, every dollar is a financial decision. Everything is an investment into the life you want to lead. It's into this storing up treasures in heaven. What matters most? And now the last thing I want you to do is to test. All right? Now here's what it says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Is that very rarely does God say, test me on this. But as it comes to generosity, God says, test me on this. In fact, tithing is throughout our scripture. It talks about the value of a tithe, which is 10 all right? And so you take your income and 10%, and that's what we feel as, as Christians, and what the Christian church has said for years is what you are called in order to give. And now you may say, well, Aaron, that was an Old Testament thing. What about the, the New Testament? Um, words in red from Jesus, Matthew 23, 23, says this, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and, and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness these you ought ought to have done without neglecting the others and so jesus is really pointing out to the pharisees that yes we need to be people of justice and mercy and faithfulness but did you hear what he says about the tithe is that do not neglect it jesus assumed that god's people would tithe and that they would practice this holy practice 
And so for, for those of us who are living that way, um, I want to just encourage you and thank you. If you've been tithing, thank you so much for being faithful with what God has done. But if you haven't, I want you to give it a try and see if that's what God would want for you in this life. All right, very good. Okay, um, it's maybe the best one yet, all right? A local charity had never received a donation from the town's banker, so the director made a phone call. Our records show you make $500,000 a year, yet you haven't given a penny to our charity. Wouldn't you like to help the community, the director said? The banker replied, did your research show that my mother is ill with extremely expensive medical bills? Um, no, mumbled the director. Or that my brother is blind and unemployed? Or that my sister's husband died, leaving her broke with four kids? I had no idea, the director said. So, said the banker, if I don't give them any money, why would I give any to you? <laughs> Woo. Um, all right, so test. So here's the deal. If you, if you haven't been trying this as a tithe, I'm going to invite you to try it. Just for two months, February and March, try living God's way. You're going to have to watch your expenses, but God wants you to watch your expenses anyways. And just test the Lord and see what he will do. Now, I'm not going to say that money is going to rain down from heaven just because of that. That's not my understanding of blessing, all right? My understanding of blessing is God's presence and goodness with us, all right? Um, but, but it is amazing, for, as I've heard time and time again, um, as I've been in the church, is that, is that if people tithe, God takes care of them. And, and, and as my wife and I, as we practice tithing our, our whole life, like God is just taking care of us. And while we still do have that anxiety, um, what, every once in a while, we just trust God. And, and once, I, once I have this anxiety, God's like, just trust me on this. I've got you. You've been faithful with, with little things. Just I'm going to be faithful to you, and God will be faithful in that way. Now, I do think it's important um, for, for, for you to, to give here. There's lots of good places to give, and, and I, want, I want you to, to, to know that. Uh, there are, are wonderful organizations. There are wonderful charities. There are so many places um, in which you can give, but I do think it's important to give to the church. All right, the, the scripture we read says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Now, there are some people who would say the storehouse is the local church. There would be other people who would say the storehouse is Christian ministries. Um, either way, I do think that the tithe belongs to kind of church and church-oriented activities at the very least, all right? And so there are great charities out there, and there are great things you can donate money to, but I think your tithe belongs to God and to the church and to his ministry there. I was reading a, a book by David Green, who's a founder of Hobby Lobby, and this is what he does um, in order to determine what to give, is, is he rates organizations and companies by his own values and by what he prioritizes the most. And so bringing people to Jesus Christ for him is a 10. And so any, those organizations that really help bring people to Jesus Christ, he's going to rate it a 10, and he's going to give the most to those sort of organization, and he goes down. And so as you're making those spiritual decisions that are your financial decisions, see which ones line up the most with your values. Because I want to believe that the people in this room is that what we value a lot is what is done here. Because I can't imagine a, a, a much better place to invest than, than a church locally here that's in mission to our community, that impacts yourself, it impacts your kids, it impacts your, your spouses, it impacts your friends, it impacts strangers who you never meet. 
and it makes a tangible and intangible difference in their lives. I mean, if this church has made a difference in your life, then thank God for it. And be faithful into the ministry of here. If you're becoming a more generous people person, then invest your money here. If people are, are if you see the difference that it's making in your teenagers, then invest here. Because that's what God calls us to do. Now, every once in a while, I hear people say, Aaron, I love the mission of Mustang United Methodist Church, but the United Methodist Church, it's going through some stuff. I don't really trust them as a whole. Well, I I understand that perspective, but let me just tell you a little bit about dollars and cents here. Is uh, basically 90% of, of your dollars that you give stay here and are directed by our church and by our finance committee and you can trust us if you ever have any financial questions we can show you our whole books because that's what we're about all right and so you can just email our financial secretary Um, her name is becky king it's just becky at mustangumc.org if you ever have any questions about finances and we'll be glad to to show you anything that you have questions about because you can trust us here that we're going to make the most use of our money but sometimes we think, oh, but what about the Methodist church as a whole? What, what about them? So only about 10%, maybe a little bit more, of the money that's given here actually goes up to the denomination. All right? And I would say most of that, 85 to 95% of that, you all would be great with. All right? This is helping campus ministries. It's helping Circle of Care, which reaches foster children. It's helping us start new churches. There's lots of wonderful, wonderful things. It's helping missionaries around the world. I mean, like, so much of it is good stuff. There might be... 5, 15%, you're like, eh, I'm not sure about that. But as you look at it as a whole, that's like 98 or 99% of the money you give, I want to say that you can feel really, really good about. And when you give here, you're not just investing in a building, all right, but you're investing in forming generous people who live like Jesus. And that's really what we're about, is helping people become more and more like Jesus. And I see it, and I'm amazed and amazed as I'm the pastor here of seeing what what you do as people and what this church does, because that's what we're about, forming generous people. There's so much that that happens in this church that that you and I probably don't ever see. On Wednesday nights, our our youth are meeting, and it's so exciting to see them bring their friends and invite more and more people. In a couple weeks, we're going to baptize a young man um, who's come to faith um, in this church, and, and, and we baptized others. And if you're interested in being baptized, just talk to me. But, but we're going to baptize this young man who said yes to Jesus, and his whole life is different now. His whole story is different now. And it's because you all have said, you know what, it matters investing here. All right? On Friday um, lunchtime, we hosted a dinner for a, a family. Um, for a funeral dinner of a family of one of our kids in the youth group whose grandparent passed away. And, 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 and he thought this church would host us, all right? He doesn't come on Sunday mornings, but he comes on Wednesday night. And, 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 and I want to be the kind of church in which people in our community say they would host us if there's a need. Last night, we had this chili supper and FFA auction, and um, people bought pies for thousands of dollars, these crazy people, but apparently they did that sort of thing. And, and, and I want to be a part of a church that says, yeah, come on in, let's host you. I want to be a part of a church in which ladies in the church are, are, are knitting gnats, or knitting hats together, and they're going to be given to people who they're never, ever going to see. I want to be a part of a church in which people find freedom from addiction I want to be part of a group of people that are faithfully committed to following Jesus and making their neighborhoods better and their community better and their world better. And my friends, this is the place. And so just real practically here, 
Um, last year, um, our income, we're looking at our own books. And, and uh, last year, our budget, um, we end up taking in about $700,000 and spending about $700,000. Just a little bit, um, just a little bit one way or the other around that. Um, our budget was actually $750,000, um, but, but we, um, our, by good spending by our, our staff and our church leadership, we came well under budget, which worked out because our giving came down as well. Now, what we did as a church is kind of crazy. In the face of, of some of those facts, we said we believe God is calling us to more, all right? And we believe God is calling us especially to invest in, in who God is sending to Mustang, which are family with kids. I've said this multiple times, but 500 new students started in Mustang Public Schools this year. 500 started the past year as well. What would happen? How do we be a church that could even, rep- that could even reach 5% of those new students? That's 25 kids a year. Can we be that church? I think so. And so as a church, what we said is we want to invest in ministries to those that are kids and students, investing in our preschool, investing in our elementary ministry, our Route 56 ministry, and in our youth ministry, because we believe that that that's who God is sending to our community, but also that if we change those lives, that we can change decades of histories, and we can change family trees. And so that's who we want to be. And so as we worked on investing that sort of stuff, it went from a budget of 700,000 to 800,000. Now that seems ridiculous to me. All right, and there's no other way that we as a church can do that but by faith, all right? And so I have some good news for you. We already have all the money we need for 2020. It's in your wallets and checkbooks. <laughs> some of you are like, wow, I wasn't expecting that. No, Here, that's, that's the way it is, folks. And so it's the call on all of us. We can be generous people, and we're creating generous people, the kind of people that are making this community better and the kind of church that makes a difference. And we can do it together. And we have all that we need. It's just with us. And so God is calling each of us, not because it's just good for the church, but because it's good for you. And so let's be people who are generous in every way, including with our finances. Give it a try. Trust God. Or you can choose to live anxious and worry about everything. Or as Jesus said, do not be anxious. Look at the birds and the lilies. Trust in me. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.